So, are y'all ready to be blessed? Yes. You're going to be introduced to the dancing rabbi. He is known for his dancing and his, from his congregation down in Florida. And you're going to be blessed. He is a, uh, a great teacher, a good friend. And I'm going to let him come up and share. Can you all give a great Beth Adonai welcome to Rabbi Roar. We won't make you dance. My pleasure to be here. Uh, I, I'm here on an official visit and a friendly visit, official for the Union of Messianic Jewish Congregations, because it, I, I believe it's going to be our great joy to welcome Beth Adonai as part of the Union in another month. And uh, for those of you that know the history of the congregation, the history of the seculos, it is a, a personal thing f for us to be able to welcome them in, in full fellowship as part of the greater messianic movement. Now that you, you're not done a great job by your, on your own, but together we can do so much more. And... Um, I believe for the union, this is a great asset. This congregation is, is a great asset and, and a leading congregation. I've known Jonathan Burness for quite a while, and he feels the same way. And so it is, it is um, going to be a, a great personal and uh, for the Lord victory when this vote takes place in a month. And I'll be jumping up and down, shout Hosanna, uh, for when Beth Adonai is fully recognized as a, a Messianic Jewish congregation, as part of the Union of Messianic Jewish Congregations. I also wanted to reunite the Tokajers and the Seculos who have been working together since I first met them and uh, in, into fellowship together so that I could sit down around them and, and hear all the awesome things that they talk about. Um, and you know the Tokagers, and, and uh, they send their love as well. Uh, but it's just, again, just a personal, um, a great victory for the Lord that Beth Adonai will be enshrined in into the greater movement of Messianic Jewish congregations. It's my pleasure to be here. I welcome you in the name of the Lord. Amen. Well, now I'll put on my, my preaching hat. I, I'm not going to spend any time saying much about me or any of those things. I, I came from Puerto Rico 
studied at the University of Florida, became a faculty member there. I retired from the University of Florida, started a Messianic congregation in 1992, in Sukkot in 1992, in Gainesville, Florida, and we've been going strong ever since. I'm 70 years old, so it's uh, um, not much shocks me anymore, but I don't dance as much as I used to, and I don't jump as much as I used to, but I keep doing it. So uh, look forward to, to uh, our time together. I thought that I was going to speak on Father's Day, and I had a wonderful message from the Lord, and was working on it really hard on, th on Thursday, and I, I kept running into a, a, this thing inside, like, no, and, uh, okay, um, so I kept working on it, kept working on it, finally, you, you, just, you just know inside when the Holy Spirit just doesn't want that, and, and uh, he changed it. And which is wonderful. So I texted Judy with the original message name, and I texted her again and said, Judy, uh, the Lord's changed it, and she was gracious enough to say, yes, fine, it's no problem. So hopefully I heard correctly from the Lord, uh, and hopefully uh, you're in many ways touched by him. I, I believe this is his word to you. I'll be using the TLB exclusively for, for scriptures. We begin the book, we begin the Torah, we begin the scriptures by reading the following. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was in chaos and waste. Darkness was on the surface of the deep. And the Ruach Elohim was hovering over the surface of the water. So... We begin by saying the spirit of Elohim hovered over the waters of creation. This is right at the beginning. The, the, the first thing that happens when the Lord gets ready to create, he brings the waters, the waters of mikvah. But the spirit of God, the, the rock Elohim could not land anywhere because the earth was unformed and void. It is, and we understand that it is the first step for any new creation that, that was yours and mine's step as well, is to have a water mikvah. We know that immediately after conception, all humans are immersed in the water, waters of their mother's womb. Now the very next thing that's created is ore, light. And the scripture says that the light was good. Tov, tov meod. On the very first day of creation, the light was divided, separated from the darkness. That's one of the very first acts of creation. You and I also need a mikvah to separate the light of Messiah in our hearts from the former darkness of our lives before we came to Messiah. By the time of Noah, we continue reading, we get to chapter 6 in Genesis. Uh, by the time of Noah, the world, the sinful world, again needs a mikvah. The earth is once again covered with water. And the scripture reads, it reads, And the ark came to rest in the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month. Happens to be the third day of Sukkot. Upon the mountains of Ararat, the waters went on decreasing until the tenth month. That's the month of Tevet. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, that's the seventh day of Hanukkah. On the same, seventh day of Hanukkah. <clears throat> 
I, I'm setting you up, okay? <laughs> Hang on, because you're getting set. The tops of the mountains appeared. That's in Genesis 8, 8, 4, and 5. After another 40 days, 40 days, on or about the 10th day of Shvat, okay, when it comes time to leave the ark, the scripture says, by Yishlak et Hayonah me'oto. By Yishlak et Hayonah, Hayonah, I'm going to use Yonah because it's, it's easier to say it. Me'oto. That is, Noah sends forth a Yonah, a dove. Okay? From him, perhaps from his bosom, Perhaps he has it right here and sends it from his bosom. But the Yonah, the dove, found no place to rest for her feet. It's in verse 9. On the 17th of Shvat, this is on or about February of our time, typically. January, February. Noah sends a Yonah again. This time the Yonah returns with a Fresh plucked olive leaf. Verse 11. The Yonah that Noah had sent not only found oil, olives, the olive tree, but found the source of the olive, of the oil. He, the Yonah comes back with a key element in the symbol that is the symbol of Israel. You look at the country of Israel and you look at some of the symbols that are associated with, with Israel and one of them is an olive leaf. It also reminds us of the tame olive tree of Romans chapter 11. Because the Lord chose that to speak about Jews and Gentiles. Okay? And she returns, the Yonah, in, in, in Hebrew it's, it's feminine, and returns with proof of this finding back to the father, back to Noah. So the Yonah returns to the bosom of the father with the emblem of the state of Israel and with the symbol of our Messiah. Hmm. There is no more flood. The land is ready to bring forth life. But Noah sends the Yonah out again. And this time, beginning in verse 12 of Genesis 8, she did not return to him again. It was in his 601st year in the first month, on the first day of the month. In the first month, on the first day of the month. Okay? That's Happy New Year time. Okay? On the first day of the Aviv. The, the waters had dried up on the land. By the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the land was dry. Okay? We are on the same third month. In fact, last Sunday was the sixth day of the, seventh, of the third month, and it happened to be the day of Shavuot. And we are still 
so to speak, in the excitement of the Feast of Shavuot. And I think that's why the Lord wanted me to go there. Okay? Now, in my mind, I'm, I'm, I'm a professor of engineering and computer science and those things. So things, I, I have to see things in my mind in order to be able to put them down on, on paper. In my mind, for a moment, I can see the graceful image of the Yonah circling around the earth. Okay? The earth that had now be washed clean again. In circling and returning, circling and returning, it, bringing back the good report of the olive, the olive tree, the state of Israel, the tame olive tree of Romans 11, which includes us. And it begins now to make sense why he did this with Noah, because Noah's offspring, he did it with, not with Noah so much, but with his children. Because Noah had found favor in the sight of Adonai, so that he could remake the earth into a new beginning and repopulate the earth through the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. So we see once again the, the symbol of the spirit of Adonai, because one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit, in fact, the most prominent symbol of the Holy Spirit, is a dove. And we see the, the dove hovering over the waters of creation. I call this a beautiful Torah picture. He's already sending for us a beautiful Torah picture. But then, I'm Jewish, and I always want to ask questions. What happened to the Yonah? The Yonah went and didn't return. What happened to the Yonah? What happened to... You know, so you wonder, you read, you wonder. Keep that. Back pocket number one. Now we go to Luke chapter, chapter 3, verse 23. Yeshua was about 30 years old when he began his public ministry. It's in Luke 3.23. Yeshua was about 30 years old, either immediately before his birthday or immediately after his birthday. Otherwise, he's not. Okay? And the, and the Greek here is, is quite precise. Although it appears that it's not in English, it's quite precise. During his 30th birthday, that means that Yeshua is in Sukkot. So he was born in Sukkot. So, we call the Sukkot, one of the names of Sukkot, is the festival of joy. The festival of joy in the harvest. Because it's at the end of the year, when you gather in all of the fruits, and all of the vegetables, and everything is gathered, you have the feast of ingathering. Okay? The feast of Sukkot. And and we come before the Lord, we ask three times a year, the males would come before the Lord with a blessing, with an offering. So it's about the time of Sukkot. During the season of Sukkot, nearly 2,000 years ago, continue with the scripture in Luke chapter 3, verse 2. Also it's in Matthew 3. The word of God came upon John the son of Zechariah, 
in the wilderness. Sakariah means Sakariah. Okay? Sakar means to remember, and Yah is is short name of the Lord. So the son of this man, the son of God remembers. He remembers really well, actually. Began immersing the people of Yehuda and surrounding areas. But the people begin to wonder if perhaps this is a long-awaited Messiah who had now come in the person of John. We're told, the scripture says, reading again from chapter 3, verse 15, Now the people were filled with expectation, and all were wondering in their hearts about John, whether he might be the Messiah. But John answered them all along, saying, As for me, I immerse you with water. But one is coming that's mightier than I am. I am not worthy to untie the straps of his sandals. He will immerse you with the Ruach HaKodesh and with fire. Okay, this is John speaking. At that moment, what I would have, if I had the technology and so on, they would be like, like one of these songs that before Star Wars or something of that sort. And then there would be rumbling. It's all dark because it's about something about to happen. And the father is like that. He's a great choreographer. He is an awesome stage manager. We learn about him from his son. But the son didn't plan this. The son says, I only do what my father tells me to do. And I do what my father choreographs for me. So for a moment, the unrevealed father, because Yeshua came to reveal the father. That's why I was going to speak about today. But anyway, okay? Yeshua reveals the father. The father is, I think he's just about ready to stand up. Okay? Huh? In, in the choir in heaven. And everything is getting ready because something's about to happen. You know, you, you know what it is. This is about to unfold the kingdom of heaven. The beginning of the kingdom of heaven is right on the doorstep because Yeshua is about 30 years old. And you know what happens. But those folks there did not know what was going to happen. And right away, because this is about to begin, the kingdom of heaven is about to begin. We are in a mikvah again. We're in a mikvah situation again. We, we see that, the, that Yeshua chooses a mikvah. He, that's the first thing act that we see him choose. The first step in establishing is always a mikvah. Okay? The scripture goes on to say, now when all the people were immersed, this is in Luke 3, 21, 22, Yeshua was also immersed. He underwent a mikvah. And while he was praying, heaven was open. Father stood up. And the Ruach HaKodesh came upon him in bodily form like a dove. So the Yonah 
that we had lost back in Genesis has been circling the world. Huh? Has been going around. I know there's an olive branch. I, I, I'm trembling. I, I know, I know what I'm looking for. And it's no longer a tree. And it's no longer an olive. And comes, and the Holy Spirit comes and lands on his shoulder. The Yonah found her resting place. The father can't keep himself. I mean, dad is pleased. Daddy is happy. Daddy's going to speak like he spoke to us in the mountain. We haven't heard daddy speak like this in a long time. And right here, the people are. He's there. He's out of the water. The Jonas on his shoulder. And here's what the father said. You are my son whom I love. In you, I am well pleased. So, during Sukkot, during Sukkot, we talked about various aspects of, of Sukkot is when the waters first cover the earth. And we talked about the various other months when, when things got changed and so on. They all point to high holy days, by the way. So, but let's, let me focus on Sukkot for a moment. During Sukkot, at the beginning of Yeshua's earthly ministry, here comes the Ruach Elohim. Here comes the Yonah of God. This one is not the, the bodily, the earth Yonah, but the Yonah of God. The Yonah with a capital Y. Okay? His name is Yeshua. He also uses a capital Y. It's sent out from the bosom of Abba, just like Abraham sent the Yonah in the first place. He sends his spirit to come and rest on the shoulders of the most beloved son. And he tells us, for us, all, all of us to hear, this is my son. This is my beloved son. And I am well pleased. My friends, that's an endorsement, if there's one, okay? That's a great endorsement. So after thousands of years of wandering, the Yonah finds the source. Didn't not, not, not find the tree. She found the source of the anointing. The source of all anointing, who is Messiah Yeshua. She rests in the so shoulders of the root of the olive tree. The root. Huh? Yeshua is a righteous son of man in whom the dwelling presence of Adonai came to rest. Therefore, the spirit of Adonai in the form of a dove finds its Shabbat rest in the shoulders of the Messiah, in the shoulders of the beloved son, in the, by the mikvah waters of the garden. Now, do you see the connection and the convergence of various things here? 
and I'm keeping it short, so I'm not going to, to go and explain it to you. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit do that for you. Here are the things that are converging here. New beginnings, creation, mikvah, the olive branch, the spirit of Adonai, John the Baptist, whose name, according to Yeshua, is Eliyahu. Eliyahu. This is the Eliyahu. Okay? Sukkot and the voice of Abba. Yeshua, some 30 years and six months earlier, okay, it, it follows John's birth. John and Yeshua are about the same age, one's six months older. And they're related by blood. Hmm? They're family. They can sing the song now. We are family, okay? How <laughs> is it written in Luke 1? This Yohanan, this John the Baptist, which is not a really good name for him. This Yohanan is none other than the Eliyahu that had to come. And Yeshua is going to tell, you, tell us that in a minute. I'm going to go there. And Yeshua himself said, in that same chapter that I'm about to read, if you're willing to accept it, he is the Elijah that was to come. That's in Matthew 11, verse 14. So the scripture is fulfilled. The Elijah comes, here comes the Messiah. But he also sent the Jonah. He also sent the Jonah. Keep those in mind. Left pocket. Front pocket now. In Matthew 17, verses 1 through 3, it says that after six days, boy, I can preach on after six days. Can't, no, can't. On top of the high mountain, Yeshua was transfigured before them. It says after six days, this is in Matthew 17, verses 1 through 3. After six days, Yeshua takes with him Peter and Jacob and John, his brother. And brings them up to a high mountain by themselves. Now he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. And his clothes became as white as a light. And behold, which means, and it is evident now, that Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with Yeshua. Here's where I, I can't go today, but my... Mine goes, well, how did you know what he looks like? And which one is Moses and which one is Elijah? They didn't have any pictures. You, you couldn't go on, on Google and get a, you get a Facebook. Or, you know, it, so how do they know? But they know. This is the real Eliyahu. This is the real. The real Eliyahu is right here. And the prophet, the real lawgiver, the one that said there was one that coming after me. He's right there. Okay? Moshe Raveno, our Torah teacher, our deliverer, the author of the Torah, right before their eyes, being witness to Yeshua. And here's what happens. Uh, there's an apostle that I identify with. Because he got in trouble for his 
and I have done nothing but get in trouble the same way. I want things done now, and I'll stand up and say it, and all these kinds of things. Kefa Shimon ben Yona. What? You missed it. I didn't. Kefa Shimon ben Yona. The son of the Yona. The son of Yona. Huh? The son of... Look, here it is again. Here it is again. Here's the connection again. The son of Yonah, okay? The son of Yonah responds to Yeshua. Wait a minute. What did Yeshua ask? <laughs> the, the text doesn't tell us. I don't think he was asking anything. He was talking to Moshe. And, but Peter anticipated the question. Um, I've been there, done that. Hasn't, usually hasn't worked at all. He responds to Yeshua. He Yeshua didn't ask him any questions. Master, it's good for us to be here. Talk me out to be here. If you wish, I will breathe, build three Sukkot. Huh? Sukkot? I will build three Sukkot. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Wait a minute, a Sukkah? A Sukkah? It wasn't Sukkot. It wasn't even close to Sukkot. Okay? And they're not in Jerusalem. They're in the Galil. <laughs> All right? So, he makes the connection, this son of the Yonah, makes a connection that Yeshua and Moses and Elijah, the Yonah makes a connection that it's Sukkot. Hmm. So he makes the connection. Okay? It is not Sukkot, but he makes the connection. And, again, now we put the other song for the other Star Wars movie. The screen would go dark. There would be uh, a great orchestra. Brum, brum, brum. Get ready, because something's about to happen. Something's about to happen. Yeah. Screen comes on, and the Father speaks again. Second time. Third time since Exodus 20. Hmm. And he says, This is my son. Whom I love. With him I am well pleased. That's repetitious, Lord. Already heard that in Luke 3. Okay? But now, hear what the Father says. Listen to him. Listen to him. Some of you know that the word listen is the word shma. In Hebrew. Okay? But the word Shema doesn't really mean listening. It means to do. It means to act. It means to obey. Okay? I used to say that my children didn't listen when we'd say, Did you clean your room? So you ask. If the room was clean, they listened. 
So they did what they heard, and the room was clean. They listened. That's the listening that Shema involves here. In modern Hebrew, the phrase, the phrase is Lishma Oto. Wait a minute. Lishma is the infinitive of Shema, which means to show that you heard by doing what it says. To show that doing what it says proves that you heard what was said. We call that obeying, okay? However, I wrote a note here because in, I was about to deliver a message similar to this at the MJA conference in 2015. And the Lord, as I was getting ready to go and take the elevator to go down to, to speak, said, get the scripture. I said, well, the Lord, I, I got it already. I, I have it. I, I have it ready. Okay, but he had me look it up in Hebrew. I said, but it's in Matthew. Oh, but there's a Hebrew Matthew. So I went and looked it up in the Hebrew Matthew. Okay? And instead of Lishmoa Oto, which is what I translated, listen to him. Lishmoa Oto. Right? Literal translation. That is not what it says in the Hebrew. In the Hebrew Matthew, it says, Elav Tishma'un. Elav Tishma'un. Here's the insight. Tishma'un is the, inf is the second person of the future tense of the verb Shema, which is used to represent command form. This is not a suggestion. This is a command. The Father is saying, I am commanding you to hear what he said so you can do it. In other words, we are commanded to Tishma'un. We're commanded. Elab means to them. We're commanded Shema Yeshua. You and I have been commanded to Shema Yeshua. We've been commanded to show the world that what he said is true by what we do. And we're supposed to become now the real witnesses for him in every, everything that's going on. My 30 minutes are up, but I'm, I'm on my last paragraph, which is prayer time, just about. Did you remember that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Messiah, the Son of Man? That's in Luke 17, 26. Today, today, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Messiah. I believe that the Lord sent me to release the Yonah. I believe the Lord is, wants to send the Yonah from his bosom, the Holy Spirit, to you. When this, when this happened Thursday, I said, well, but it wasn't the days like, you know, over here. And immediately it was, well, when was Shavuot? Well, just Sunday. Oh. Yeah, Sunday and Monday. If you, if you want to continue the double in, in, this wasn't that many days ago. We're not even, we're not even a week away. And what was, the, what was the day of Shavuot about, ultimately? Ultimately. It was the giving of the Torah, and it was the healing him in Exodus 20. All those things are there. But ultimately, it's when the Yonah of the Holy Spirit came and rested upon the disciples that were assembled together in Jerusalem. Ah, this is Jerusalem. 
This is the house of Adonai right here. The house of Adonai in Atlanta is right here. The Lord said, they're in my house. I want you to go and release the Yonah to them because they're about to do some great work in the city of Atlanta. So I'm going to do something I don't do. I'm going to release an empowering. I'm going to release an anointing and I'm going to use the word that I seldom use because I'm very careful of these things. But I'm going to impart upon you a gifting from the Yonah of Adonai. We are going to receive grace here. We're going to receive a renewed spirit and mind here. And we're going to nishmah. We're going to tishma'un. We're going to receive the word of Yeshua that comes here on a weekly basis from this point forward. And we're going to put wings on it. And we're going to put feet on it. And we're going to execute that. And the Lord's going to bring a revival. Not ever heard from in Atlanta, Georgia. So I want you to stand on your feet. I'm going to pray for you. I want you to stand on your feet. And if it's your persuasion to raise your hands to him, then I, I would like for you to do so. And if it's not, then raise whatever else. You, you know, you know, raise your spirit. What, just raise your hands to him and receive this prayer. I wrote it so that I wouldn't mess it up. Father, on behalf of Yeshua, your, your Messiah, Lord, first of all, in, in, my heart is united with Scott and Judy and, and Natalie. And I have such respect, such great honoring of them. They don't need my help. But they, they are always thirsty for your spirit. This is your congregation, Beth Adonai. The one that you have been keeping for all these years, tucked away in Tucker. <laughs> tucked away for the quinceañera, for the coming out time, and it's about to happen. Therefore, Lord, in Yeshua's name I pray, Father, we send your Yonah, we send your Ruach Elohim to find its final resting place in the temple of the heart of your people right here in Beth Adonai, right here today. By faith, Lord, we impart, empower, and release your Yonah anointing so that they can shma, they can obey your word, Lord. Lord, we hear you say, go to the highways and hedges and compel our Jewish people to come in. We accept your great commission. And this congregation goes from this point forward to change their world beginning with Atlanta, Georgia. Lord, through Yeshua, we are anointed, we're empowered to do what? To proclaim the good news to the poor, to bind the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prisons to those who are bound, and to proclaim this year, the year 2019, as a year of Adonai's favor and vengeance. Amen. To comfort all who mourn, especially those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of Adonai, 
that he may be glorified. Father, in the name of Messiah Yeshua, Sar Shalom, King of Kings, and for his sake, I say to Beth Adonai, be anointed, be empowered, and fulfill your destiny in Yeshua's name.